Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand-select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to one of the most popular episodes in the history of this podcast, episode number 25 with the legendary Brandon Brown. Brandon is undoubtedly one of the greatest salespeople in the history of Cutco, having sold over $1 million by himself in 2019. One of the things I've noticed in working closely with him for years now is that he's also great at teaching others how to maximize their results. In this short snippet from our conversation, Brandon shares his unique perspective on becoming great at sales as well as in life. Take a pause in your day sit down for a few minutes and just take this in because the insights in this episode are compelling. This episode is sponsored by Brain Fuel, a new cerebral beverage co-founded by Silver Cup Cutco alum Colton Horn. Brain Fuel is scientifically derived from coffees, teas, collagens, and antioxidants. It prolongs mental focus, sharpens alertness and decision-making, and protects your brain from burnout. I can tell you from personal experience that its impact is astounding. Brain Fuel is spelled uniquely because it is unique. It's B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L. Go to brainfuel.com to check it out. And if you use the code C-L-S-K when you check out, you'll get 35% off your first order. You can see all our sponsors at changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Enjoy this flashback segment from Brandon Brown and be sure to revisit the full episode number 25. So look, you sold a hundred thousand in two weeks. That's incredible. Uh, you've sold over 800,000 in a year with Cutco. Good chance you'll be over a million dollars in sales this year in 2019. Uh, you're one of the greatest salespeople the company has ever seen. You, you're perhaps the greatest salesperson the company has ever seen. There might be two or three others that would have a claim on that title, but you know what it takes to succeed in selling. And I think this would be really helpful for people to hear is like, what are some of the skills that make a sales champion? And how does one master these skills? So speak to that for a little while here. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that go into it. If I were to consolidate it down to a few, you know, the first one, and as simple as it may be, is so crucial. And that is hard work. Like you have to be willing to put in the work if you want to become a champion in sales in any industry. You know, there are no cutting corners. There's only, I need to work hard and like, build this business and grind it out. Now, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast is that, that, you know, there's different seasons for different things to take place. So it's not like you have to do that 24 seven for the rest of your life. But I realized that for me to move the needle in the direction I wanted to go, it was going to take 
a high level of hard work and discipline in that arena. The second thing would be resilience, specifically because there's constantly challenges that I have faced and that anyone who's performed at a really high level will face on the business side and on the personal side. And you have to be able to take those obstacles, take those challenges and be committed enough to find a solution to overcome them. And I have found time and time again, that the larger the goal is, the larger the what you want to accomplish is, especially if it's something that's never been done before, you're going to get just as equal amount of obstacles. And, and so you have to be able to acknowledge that, like respect the goal, respect the challenges, respect what it actually takes. People don't really respect it. They think they have an idea, but they never spend the time actually meditating and reflecting on what is it actually going to take to do what this you know person does or what I want to accomplish. They just see it and say, Oh, I can do that. Or I want to do that. They don't really take the time to internalize it. So that'd be number two, you know, number three would be having a humble attitude. And I'm constantly checking myself in this category because it's very easy when you've performed at a really high level for X amount of years to think that you know it all. And so I'm constantly like checking myself and asking myself, okay, where can I learn? Where's the biggest opportunity for growth? And when I'm listening to conferences or I really put on that hat of, okay, I'm going to find the one or two nuggets from this message, from this talk, even if it's a topic that I feel like I could deliver just as good, if not better, because there's, you know, sometimes there's only that one little nugget from a 20 minute, 30 minute message, and that's all you need. And sometimes it's something you've already heard, but then asking yourself, am I really actually implementing this? And do my actions and results prove that I'm implementing it? Because there's a difference between acknowledging and knowing and then integrating. And then there's a difference between integrating and then actually your results showing that you're doing it. Um, and so there's these multiple phases. And so I'm always asking myself, you know, whatever's being taught, where does that fall in those categories and how can I do that better? So those are just a few um, that come to mind off, off the top of my head and we can go from there. Yeah. You know, the, the, the concept of resilience really resonated for me. And I just thought about the idea that high goals are hard, right? It's like, if you're setting high goals, it's by definition, it's difficult to do, particularly if you're setting goals that nobody's ever done. Well, duh, there's a reason why nobody's ever done it. It's really hard to do. And if you're taking on any challenge, that's really hard to do. You're gonna stub your toe from time to time or worse. You're going to have a lot of difficulty and you've got to be able to get past that. And that's why so many people don't achieve high goals is that they stop along that path, right? They, they get to some type of adversity that triggers in their mind that, oh, I can't do it. And they give up. And champions have to learn to fight that tendency mentally to want to give up, break past that. Because a lot of times right on the other side of that are a, a whole new range of answers and ideas that helps you take things to a higher level. And you've clearly demonstrated that over the years. I feel like the, the idea of humility is important because it, it creates a, a hunger, creates a hunger for more when you develop that. And, and that, that's critical as well. One of the things I've admired about you, Brandon, is that when you teach from the podium, your words are so precise and they're so effective. It's clear that you've worked on your game, you know, very much so. And I think that 
for anyone in sales, there are a lot of scenarios that are repeated or play out over and over again. And we've got to get good at handling those scenarios. And it's not an off the cuff, let me just throw out whatever comes to my mind approach that ends up working. It's learning the precise answers to different questions or concerns a customer might have and being able to deliver those with the right words, but also the right demeanor and the right level of confidence. And you are an expert at that. You're the best I've ever seen at that. And and how does one develop that area of being great in sales? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I've kind of self-developed over time and have over that time period have realized how much of an impact that can make in the sales arena. We're just in communicating effectively in general. And so one of the biggest things that I do and one of the things I pride myself on and anyone who's worked with me or works beside me or receives mentorship from me knows that the importance of asking quality questions. And as I have been going through my journey through Cutco and breaking through certain barriers, I realized, well, if I'm going to be doing something that no one has ever done before, I need to be asking the questions that no one has ever asked before. And so specifically when it comes to working with customers and clients and taking them through the process from, I have no thought of buying anything, buying any Cutco right now, and then 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, walking away with 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 plus order, where does that come from? Well, it's me asking questions during in my head and also pre and post when I'm practicing, right? What does the customer need to feel? What does the customer need to experience? What do they need to like embody for them to go from one point of the sales process to another point and then all the way through to the very end? And so asking those questions, you know, if a customer gives an objection and there's something they're unsure of, me getting really clear on what the actual objection is. Is it what they're saying? Or does it mean something else based on their body language and a few other factors that play into part? And so anyone who's been in sales long enough knows that I believe it's like 93% of communication is nonverbal. So even though the words are critical, there's a lot of other components to it. Your body language, your tonality, that has impact and most effect on how you communicate. And so it's taking the psychology behind what a customer needs to feel and experience, bundling that all together, and then taking them through the process and also doing it from a place of like service and integrity. And so I can speak with so much conviction when I'm working with my customers because I know that I'm talking to them and with them with the sole purpose to make sure they leave with the best possible outcome for them and not for me. And so if they're unsure of purchasing something, but I know for a fact they can budget it and it makes sense, that product conviction, the opportunity conviction gets conveyed and transferred from me to them. So they walk away feeling confident and having trust built with me right then and there and moving forward. And that relationship will be there forever. That was awesome. I love the idea of, of considering what does the customer need to feel in this situation? in order to be able to make a decision? What do they need to experience in order to make a decision? And, and how are you able to bring that to them? And I know that you have studied this and you've practiced it. What are some of the ways that you study and practice your skills on a regular basis? 
So there's a few things. One, it's spending time after every single day, or even sometimes in the moment of like a long sales day and reflecting on the interaction that just took place. Mm. And the power of reflecting on that interaction, even if they walk away with an order. Most people are like, oh, I only want to reflect if it didn't go well. But if it went well, what are the things that went right? And how can you capture those, identify those, embody those, and bring that to the next interaction? And even if it went well, and even if they did purchase, what could you have done differently to either create a larger opportunity for them to purchase more or plant certain seeds for them to want to purchase in the future? What's your leaving piece? So there's all these components. And so it really funnels down to like the questions that you ask. And I don't necessarily have like a list of questions. It's just more of me really embracing the idea of curiosity. It's like the more curious you can be, in any scenario, in any dialogue, in any conversation, personal or business, you're putting yourself outside of your own shoes and in their shoes and the shoes of the environment and really making sure that you're going to be as effective as possible in that conversation. And so you can see from different lenses versus the one lens that most people look through, which is their own. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.